Greetings, detective. Welcome to the Murder Mystery Company and our new free service, Calm Mystery. We know that many of you need that calm and centered moment, but meditation isn't necessarily your thing. If you're a mystery lover, crime fan, and could use a break, you've come to the right place. It sure is a suspenseful world out there, but I have good news for you. In this world, the suspense will only come from the world's best writers. For the next few minutes, we're going to close the door on the outside world. First, find a comfortable chair, sofa, or bed. Take just a moment to relax into the spot. Let your body sink in, slowly releasing the day's tension. Just relax. You've earned this time. You need this time for you. Your body will thank you. Now let's take a moment to clear your mind. I want you to focus on two things, my voice and your breathing. Take a deep breath in through your nose. Let it out slowly through your mouth. Now the same thing, but let's breathe on my count. Three counts in, four counts out. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. As we do this, you're going to slowly relax more and be perfectly ready for tonight's dastardly tale. Now again, breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. One more time, breathing out that last bit of stress. Breathe in one, two, three. Now out, one, two, three, four. Excellent. Tonight's tale of mystery, intrigue, and murder is truly spine-tingling. The Murders in the Rue Morgue, Part 6 My friend, Dupin, was now certain that the murders in the Rue Morgue had been done by a wild animal of the jungle, the man-like animal known as an orangutan. The animal had escaped from its owner, he thought, and the owner was probably a sailor. He'd put a notice in the newspaper that the man who owned the orangutan could have it again if he came to our house to get it. Now, as the owner came to our door, we were both wondering if that man would, as Dupin guessed, be a sailor. Yes, the man who entered was indeed a sailor. He was a large man and strong. He carried a big, heavy piece of wood, but no gun. He said to us in French, Good evening. Sit down, my friend. I suppose you have come to ask about the orangutan. A very fine animal. I have no doubt that it is a very valuable animal. How old do you think it may be? I have no way of guessing how old it is, but it can't be more than four or five years old. Have you got it here? No, no. We have no place for it here. You can get it in the morning. Of course, you can prove it is yours. Yes, yes, I can. I wish I could keep it. I would like to have it. 
I, of course, will pay you for finding and keeping the animal, anything, anything within reason. Well, that is very fair indeed. Let me think. What shall I ask for? I know. Let this be my pay. Tell me everything you know about the murders in the Rue Morgue. As quietly as he had spoken, Lupin walked to the door, locked it, and put the key in his coat. At the same time, he took a gun out of his coat and placed it on the table. The sailor's face had become red. He jumped to his feet and reached for his stick of wood, but in the next moment he fell back into his chair, trembling. His face became quite white, bloodless. He spoke not a word. His eyes were closed. My friend, you must not be afraid. We are not going to hurt you. I know very well that you yourself are not the killer but it is true that you know something about him, or about it. From what I have already said, you must know that I have ways of learning about the matter, ways you could never have dreamed of. Now, I know that you yourself have done nothing wrong. You didn't even take any of the money. You have no reason to be afraid to talk and to tell the truth. It is a matter of honor for you to tell me all that you know, and you know who the killer is. Ah, oh, so help me God. How... I'll tell you all I know about this, all I know, but I don't expect you to believe one half of what I say, not one half. Still, I didn't kill anyone, and I'll tell the whole story if I die for it. It was that animal, the orangutan. About a year ago, our ship sailed to the far east, to the island of Borneo. I had never before seen Borneo, the forest. The jungle was thick with trees and other plants, and hot and wet and dark. But we went, a friend and I, we went into that forest for fun. There, we saw this orangutan, a big animal. But we were two and we caught it. We took it with us on the ship. Soon, however, my friend died and the animal was mine. But it was very strong and caused a lot of trouble. In the end, I brought it back to Paris with me. I kept it in my house, in my own house, carefully locked up so the neighbors could not know about it. The animal had cut one foot badly while on the ship. I thought, I thought that as soon as it got well, I would sell it. I was certain it was one of great value, and it was so much trouble to keep it. I wanted to sell it soon. The night of the murders, very late, I came home and found the animal in my bedroom. It had got free. I didn't know how. It held a knife in its hands and was playing with it. I was afraid. I didn't know what to do. When it saw me, it jumped up ran out of the room and down the stairs. There, it found an open window and jumped into the street. I followed, never far behind, although I had no hope of catching it again. The animal with the knife still in hand stopped often to look back at me. But before I could come near enough to even try to catch it, the animal always started to run again. It seemed to be playing with me. It was nearly morning, but the streets were still dark and quiet. We passed the back of a house in the Rue Morgue. The animal looked up and saw a light in the open window of a room high above. It was the only lighted window in sight. The animal saw the metal pole, went up it easily and quickly, and jumped into the room. All this didn't take a minute. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what I could do. I followed the animal. I too went up the pole. As I am a sailor, it was easy for me, but the open window was far from the pole and I was afraid to try to jump. I could see into the room, however through the other window, which was closed. The two women were sitting there, with their backs to the window. Who can guess why they were not sleeping at that hour of the night? 
A box was on the middle of the floor. The papers which had been in the box were lying around the floor. These women seemed to be studying some of these. They did not see the animal which was just standing there, watching, the knife still in one hand. But the old woman heard it and turned her head and saw the animal there, knife in hand. And then, then I heard the first one of those terrible cries. When the animal heard the old woman's cry, it caught her by the hair and slowly moved the knife before her face. The daughter, filled with terror, fell to the floor and remained there without moving, her eyes closed. The old woman continued to cry for help, screaming with fear. I think the animal now was as afraid as the old woman was. With terrible force, it pulled out a handful of hair, and when the woman, covered with blood, tried to run from it, the animal caught her again by the hair and with one move of its arm, it nearly cut her head from her body. Throwing down the body, the animal turned and saw the daughter was moving, watching it with horror. With fire in its eyes, it rushed to the girl, put its powerful fingers around her neck and pressed them firmly there until she died. When the girl stopped moving, the animal dropped her body to the floor and looked up. It saw my face in the window. It began to run around the room quickly without purpose. It jumped up and down, breaking the chairs, pulling the bed to pieces. Suddenly, it stopped and took the body of the daughter and, as if to hide it, with terrible strength, put the body up above the fireplace where it was found. It threw the old woman out the window. All this time, I was hanging from the pole, filled with horror. It seemed I had lost the power to move. But when I saw the animal coming towards the window with the old woman's body, my horror became fear. I quickly went down. I almost fell down the pole and I ran. I didn't look back. I ran. Oh my God. My God. The chief of the police was not happy that the answer to the mystery of the killings had been found by someone who is not a policeman. He said that people should keep to their own business. Let him talk, said Dupin. Let him talk. He'll feel better for it. And he's a good fellow. But he makes things less simple than they really are. Still, people call him skillful and even wise. I think they say this because of the way he explains, carefully, fully, something which is not here, or there, or anywhere, and says, not possible, about something which is right there before his eyes. Thank you, detectives, for listening to tonight's Calm Mystery by the Murder Mystery Company. I'm Julian Stiles. Would you like to show somebody you care? Is there a mystery fan in your life? Could they use a quiet moment and a great story? I'm doing personal stories of 20 minutes or less. Something personal like this can make a friend or family member feel truly loved in an otherwise dark time. They're only $49 and you can email me at calmmystery at gmail.com. That's C-A-L-M. M-Y-S-T-E-R-Y at gmail.com In the meantime, stay tuned for more tales to tingle and terrify while giving you a needed break from the outside world.